Saturday Roadshow, episode number 412. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me on this massive, massive fight week. Uh, you know, they had that little tiny event back there in Australia last weekend, but yeah. now the I've already, real it's already fights. Forgotten. It's already forgotten. <laughs> it's already who, who even fought on that card? I, I, I saw it, but I can hardly was recall. There, was there a title fight on there? <laughs> I believe there may have been a little bit of it. But I tell you what, uh, you know, uh, I talked about a little bit on the and a half episode. Uh, I will say that during that fight card, USC 243, I mean, first the whole fight week, honestly, man, like watching the open workouts, watching the weigh-ins, listening to the crowd and I forgot in Perth that they start at 7 a.m. not like 9 a.m. where they do it like over in Sydney so yep. 7 a.m. but dude watching the show and watching the fight card all week uh I did get a little bit of that like damn I should have gone down there man like the Australian fans they brought it man they yeah. brought the energy and I was like man should have gone and then uh and then I realized the Super Bowl was the next day and I realized once the fight card was over I didn't have 30 hours to travel yeah. home <laughs> and then and then and then I've been paying attention to Jose Young's uh tweets that he's like stuck in Australia and can't get home and that, flights missing As much as he loves to travel he somehow always gets stuck on travel <sighs> he's having recent like issues every time he travels But back up did you say UFC 243 what is it? I think he said UFC 243. Oh, sorry. No, that was another one in Australia. That's sorry. what I was going to say. I was like, what are the <laughs> fuck? And let's, I'd have to go back and, and, and re-listen. But I swear, I, I was like, did he just say 243? I, <laughs> I thought you said 243. And I was like, let me just look up 243. 243 was Whitaker and Adesanya. Maybe in, that's the last time Melbourne, I was in Australia. Australia. Maybe that's the last time Maybe I was that's in Australia. Was that is so weird. Is that really? UFC. That was uh, 2019. That was the last time you were there? I don't know. I bet you were there after that. Probably. I feel like you were probably there after that. Well, but the pandemic was early I was 2019 was right. Wow. That is weird that my brain just did that. It just rejected. Oh now watch. I'm going to go back and listen to it, and that's not even going to be a thing. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, then I guess Kenny just had a brain. Uh, I'm having a seizure. Uh, <laughs> yes, it would be USC 284. That there, is hilarious. That sounds more like wow, it. Wow, the brain does weird stuff, man. All right, USC 284, of course, was the one that had, took place in Perth. Uh, is the Mahashev beat Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, yeah, I did get jealous that, that I wasn't there. That was, a, that was a pretty special atmosphere, man. And, and, and But then that, that journey home and all that, I was, I was glad that I didn't have to mess with that. So, uh, but a special card. But I did, you know, talked about. Well, I haven't even really asked you. I mean, did you have any issues with the main event with the scoring? I had it three rounds to two as the Mahashev. It was a close fight. It was close. I, if anybody says they had it for Volkanovski, I'm not looking at him going like you're crazy. Yeah. Like I get the argument, but I, I, I thought they were close rounds. But I had it three two. I definitely them. thought it was close rounds. I think. Part of it, too, I think there was a part of me, you know, whenever you, you start getting into it for a particular fighter, when you're really starting to pull for him, whether you mean to or not mean sure. to. I actually picked Islam in the staff picks, but as the fight was going on, of course, there's a part of you that you just want Volkanovski to show up. Oh. And then when he started having some really great job of just incredible. getting out of all the takedowns, you know, he was fighting everything off. Then I was like, hell yeah, good job. But then I think something in my brain was then starting to notice everything good that he was doing. And maybe that was the the, the cause for it. But at the end of the time, at the end of the day, when they uh, did the call, I, did, I certainly felt like, okay, yes, I can live with it. I knew it was going to be close. But like you said, if it would have went the other way, you know, I don't, I would, I certainly wouldn't have been like, oh, I didn't see that, you no, know. I agree. It was, it was, it was the closest of margin. I think everybody can easily say that both guys took two rounds. It was just whoever get, was able to get that third round yep. in there, you know. And 
you know, it was close, but it was great. It was a great, great fight. It really uh, was. You know, I love seeing all the comments. A lot of people, you know, coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, that overall was just such a high technical level of yeah. fight. Like uh, a guy I love and respect a lot, you know, Matt Brown was even like, you know, this is some of the best MMA that's out there, you know, at such a high level. And he doesn't give out praise like that no. often, you know. So, so to even see that, I was like, okay, it's not just us, that us normal folk, us peons are getting moved by the fight. Yeah. Even actual fighters even that are watching it, even the, the true game. experts are like, wow, this is some really good shit. And it was it was incredible. It was everything I thought we, we would see. We got to see big strikes. You know, We got to see the takedowns. Everybody's wondering if there was going to be the question, if he got taken down, would Volk be able to get up? And he certainly did. Yep. You know, And he was landing good shots. But then also Islam was landing some good shots as well. You know? Just because of the power he carries. Yeah. Like they were meaning more. And, yeah, you were seeing uh, Volkanovski kind of you know, acknowledge the strikes because he was getting tagged a little bit. So it was a great fight. It was fun. And I really don't think Volkanovski's stock went down at all. But here's the interesting part. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, I do vote in the UFC's rankings. Um, and the, the really only thing that mattered was just pound for pound and where you put them there. And um, I I weighed back and forth, man, because I was thinking as it goes on, um, oh gosh, this performance from Volkanovski is so good. He's the one moving up in weight. He's the one that's fighting out of his weight class. He's taking the number one guy to the limit. Like to to leave him at number one pound for pound, given what he did against the lightweight champ, completely justifiable, right? I yeah. mean, I would totally understand. Yeah. But. I ultimately decided that even though that's kind of a pound for pound, it's kind of a hypothetical thing, yep. I just felt you still have to respect the head-to-head results. So I switched yeah. them. I put Islam at number one pound for pound, Alexander Volkanovsky at number two, but um, it didn't come out that way in the UFC's yeah. official rankings. it's a majority, so I guess, right? Yeah, I was in the minority. Yeah, they yeah. tabulate up all the votes. You put, you send them in. So he ended up staying at number one. And it's an, it's an interesting one because I completely understand. I can see it. I completely understand. But I do feel like, you know, again, if they're in different weight class. Like, let's say Volkanovski had lost to Islam Mahashev, um, and the number two guy was, you know, somebody else in another right. division, right? And maybe Mahashev was number five or number eight, or right. maybe he wasn't even on the list. Like, I could see that you could argue that, that Volkanovski could maintain his pound-for-pound spot because he didn't lose that. But I just feel like you kind of have to respect the head-to-head results. Ultimately, you I decided. To. You have to. I mean, I think in most cases, you know, when you look down the pound-per-pound ranking, most guys are jumping all across divisions. You know, right. you don't have a lot of, you know, really close – you know, weight classes, you know, when you look kind of through it, there. yes, when you, now they say that I see Leon Edwards and I see Kamaru Usman and I see Israel Adesanya and now I see Alex Pajeda. Besides those guys that are all like in the same weight class around there, um, usually guys don't have the opportunity to fight, you know. It's always right. been like, okay, there's Demetrius Johnson. Oh, there's John Jones. Yeah. Oh, there's GSP. How, how do you even how compare can you them? Even do it? And it right. was always like one of these things that was like, that was what was always kind of cool about the pound for pound because it was always just a point of discussion. Right. You know, it was like, well, my pound for pound guy is this, and it's because of this. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that as a badge of pride. Now that there was the actual possibility for them to fight, then like, okay, we could take all the sh- all the talk off of the table, and let's just put them in a ring and let that decide it. And we got to see that. So yeah, I mean, to to, to disregard an actual head to head fight. It's kind of silly, yeah. Because th- at that point, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to give credit because it's not theoretical at that point. It's been proven Great. the fight actually happened. Yep. You know, that's like so that's right. The whole thing is, what if they were the same weight they, you know, and they fought? Well, it's like, well, they were the they same did. weight, maybe only for a day. You yeah. know, for five minutes they were the same yeah. weight, but they were the same weight you and they fought. Yeah. And I just don't think you can throw that away. You can't throw away the head to head because what's the point then? You know, yeah. I mean that. 
that's what everybody's always wanting. You know, everyone always talks a good game until the shit actually happens. The shit actually happens. Yes. You know, so you can't then say, well, no, but let me find other reasons right. to keep him up there. Yeah, but you he know? was the one that moved up in weight, so you, you got to lean into that. that and how it, many defenses, you yeah. know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, all that does, you know, it, it, it all, those are all important factors. They are. But, you know, at the same thing when people, I think when you look at judging criteria, people say, okay, well, there's a strike. Then there's significant strikes. Right. Okay, then there's control time. When you look at title defenses, when you look at just overall defenses, when you look at the guys that he's beat, those are all qualifying factors. I would think the most crucial thing, like just like a significant strike or some of these other things, is an actual head-to-head matchup. There's nothing bigger than that. When it comes to comparing two guys, there's nothing – yes, you can say, yes, this guy had eight defenses. Oh, this guy's only got three defenses. But, yes, then they met in a ring, and this guy starts the other dude. Are you going to say the guy with nine – is better than three when three just goes in there and starts. You can't. Right. I mean, like I think you have to value certain things above other qualities, and a head-to-head should be the the the, the trump card of all the other qualifying factors. Especially when they're right next to each other. Because I'll be honest, when they're right on, next, on when it's r- one and two, just swap it. On my rankings yeah. panel, I don't have Leon Edwards ahead of Kamaru Usman in the pound for pound. Yeah. Because I look. Because again. Title defenses, how yeah. the fight was going. One guy was winning 24 minutes of it. One guy won two yeah. seconds of yeah. it. How many title defenses did the guy have? So I factored all that in. But had they gone into that fight with like you know one at three and one at four or whatever, then you got to switch them. Yeah. So I, you know, so I don't think the head to head like has to trump immediately because I don't. When you're pulling out things like that when it's like, but well, when they're together, when they're together yeah. in the rankings, because yeah. I didn't because before Leon, where was Leon? Leon wasn't even close. To I didn't it. have Leon. I didn't on the pound for pound list. I didn't have Leon on my pound for pound yeah. list before before he beat Usman, you You're know, right. and so I didn't feel like, and I had Usman, at, I want to say like number two, I think, uh, maybe you're at number two Man, behind Volkanovski. Leon sitting at three on the UFC's pound per pound. Dude, right? I have him at like 14. Wow. I have him way down there, and, and, I, and I don't mean and I bet you're right, I bet he wasn't, I, I wish we could go back in time to see what it was, but I, you're right, I bet before the Kamara, I wonder what he was even setting at. Yeah, so that one. I look. So uh, I I have this spreadsheet that I used for mine. So mine's yeah. And and and, and the reason I like the spreadsheet is because I keep it updated for the last three years, right? So I I can see right. I can compare them side by side to each other, right? Now, if you look at them side by side, when we're talking about Edwards and Usman, Edwards of course twenty and three, great record. Usman twenty and two. It's almost the exact same record. But the last three years, Edwards has. A win over Usman, a win over Nate Diaz, and, and a no contest with Bilal Muhammad. Whereas Kamar Usman in the last three years has the loss of Leon Edwards, the win over Covington, the win over Masvidal, the win over Burns, the win over Masvidal. So I, I don't know. It just I didn't feel like that one second of one fight vaulted him up to number three. So I, I do think there are arguments to be made. And again, I hate to spend way too much time on this because this is all just theoretical, hypothetical yeah. stuff anyway. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I was just curious if you if you felt the same way I do that you got to respect that head. You definitely have to. But I mean, you started swaying again when you start bringing the Leon Edwards. But you're right; these guys were side by side. I mean, it's interesting. I'm just now that I'm looking at the pound per pound list. I mean, it's crazy now that looking Jamal Hills on number thirteen. Wow! Literally came from around like. Why is his name? I, I love Jamal. He's done some great shit. But how was he number 13? Like that set of ranking, the, their qualification or whatever is just a little bit crazy. I mean, I'm looking at. I don't have Jamal Hill on who my last beat list. Glover, Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker, Jimmy Crute. Great, great wins. But then he had a win on uh, a loss five fights ago against Paul, Paul Craig. Craig. And it's like, you're, but now he's 13. I'm like, 
I just don't know about that. But I don't know. But again, yeah, you're yeah, right. I mean, I if mean, you look at it, if you look at, like right now, Jamal Hill. I mean, the, the wins over Craig is is a ranked opponent, but not a highly ranked opponent. I mean, the, excuse me, the loss there, the win over Crute, the win over Walker, ranked. It's tough, man. I, I don't yeah. have I don't have him on my pound for pound list. Yeah, I actually don't. That's crazy, but I mean, but again, that's the that's the thing. Like, it's meant for debate. You know, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun and this and that. But yeah, you're right. All right, so maybe while I still think the head head should have maybe a little bit more value than some of the other things, you're right. I think if 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 the guys are side by side and it's a real actual you know conversation, maybe maybe it does work. But uh, I don't know. I I'm not sad about it, the the one and two because no. again, it's still just talking points and and when you. Take the point of like, yes, Volk went up and very easily could have won that fight, yes. you know. But uh, it's hard to take stock away from from Islam. Like if you just like if those would swap, it doesn't mean anything, you know. Nah. Just like I mean, it's just a talking point. It's just a talking point. But uh, it is it is fun to kind of get people to route up because I think if you went through that list and saw some of the names, just like Jamal, I could see where somebody can be like, "What is he doing?" Because it, it's, it's, it's a good Boy, talking point. It's a good list. So it's to talk funny. At. So because I vote on the panel, like I get the results before guys, they get posted. You guys posted. never actually talk to the other members. No. You would think that you guys have like a a, a Discord channel or a no? Slack it's all just like a like a like a voting thing. You just log yeah. in and you you know. I guess maybe that's maybe that's part of the thing too. Is you don't want others swaying the other influence vote. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's so we get the results early. So it was funny. So uh, I've been putting out on Monday nights when they're you know, and I knew I knew that one was gonna blow up when I was like, yeah. oh, this one's dead. And it did. But you know what's funny? You talk about the the dis- discussion, dude. It was like fifty fifty down the middle. Like half the people were like, that's some garbage, and the yeah. other half was like. As it should be. Like nobody's yeah. like, well, I could see either way. I yeah. guess I guess that's what you do online, right? You just take an absolute. And you say, nobody like, has logical yeah. discussions online. <laughs> it was just like this is either trash or uh, or it's exactly perfect. So give me ten push-ups. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Mute. Uh, all right. So listen. Uh, if, from there, UFC two forty three two forty. Come on, exactly. So you did say it I earlier. Did say it earlier. You, did, you got it on the brain. Holy cow, man! You that got is it on the so brain. bizarre. UFC two eighty four. That is so wild. <laughs> UFC Jobs back in time. Oh, my goodness. So from UFC 284, then, of course, uh, before we got the full shift over to uh, UFC Fight Night 219, we had another big card in town in Las yes, Vegas. Uh, and that was, of course, uh, Lingerie Fighting Championships at the Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, yes. uh, the new home of Lingerie Fighting Championships. It's and a very nice home. A, a very nice home. If you get a chance in your Vegas to stop by Sapphire, uh, definitely do that. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny when I when I, when I I told my wife, uh, hey, she was like, what are, we, what are we doing for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, well, funny thing about Valentine's Day, honey. See, I've got work to do. She's like, oh, really? What kind of work to do? Well, I've I got a commentary gig. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, really? Really? What kind of commentary gig? Uh, you know, i got, I got to go to the strip club and call lingerie fights. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was, but she, at least she knows about lingerie fighting. It's not does. like you brought that no. up for the first time. And we've been doing this now for years, years. you know. So she, she got a, she got a kick out of it. She, kind of funny. She, she was having fun telling her friends, you know, like she said, that, you know, like her friends, well, what are y'all doing for Valentine's Day? It's like, I'm, my husband's going to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, this is too funny. But we had a good time, man. It was yeah, funny. It sounds that like that'll fun. be the, the new home uh, for Lingerie Fighting Championships, which was which Ooh, is cool. Which there was I'm, some talent in the building. I'm very worried. Uh, we need to make sure they never pay us in cash <laughs> uh, because uh, we're going to end up losing money working there. Just walk, keep walking towards the door. Just keep walking just towards the At the very end, like, grand, there were the, the ring car girls. Just beautiful, beautiful. Gorgeous. Um, after they were done and like they're packing up and getting ready to like clear the room out, some girls were coming in to like clear the the 
the, the reserve signs off the tables and just removing the dressing, clearing up the tables, they were tens. They were elevens. Oh, oh. They were just absolute not because I was like, they got them in here cleaning the tables. <laughs> I was like, that's who cleans tables. I'm like, who's in there on the dance floor? I mean, this place. So when you look at their stats online, it's like 70,000 square feet. They say they have over 400 girls working. Now we know some of them do the housekeeping as well. Um, but man, uh, this place it is not it is not cheap. I've I've just did some looking up some of the numbers. Super nice. Though. It, it, it is absolutely fantastic inside. It's yep. one of the nicest ones. I mean, some of the clubs down there. You know, when you go to well, for those of you that have never been to a strip club, sometimes the seedy, dark, dirty, nasty ones are fun as well for yes, the reason. Are. This Sketchy is completely opposite <laughs> of that. This was abs- It looks like you're walking into a nice high end club. Oh yeah. I mean, they have like multiple bars set up. Very very nice. So I mean, like the the talent that works there is top notch. And uh, so plan accordingly with your budget. You, Should you come you, to Vegas and you're, you're planning on going If you're looking for a high end experience, yeah. man, where like you're trying to like just live it up, like yeah. that's the spot to People go. People used to always go like Spearmint Rhino, and that's right. like that's a good one. Sure. Um, but this place, this I think they got voted out this year. Uh, I think. Um, there's something with two gentlemen's two or another club. I have to look it up. Um, got voted for Vegas is best, but before that, the past eight years, Sapphire has been like the voted best gentlemen's club yeah. in Vegas. So I mean, that's saying something right there. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, if we get to spend more time in there, I'm not going to be upset about. We're all right it. with that. I'll we be are, all right with that. We, we, and we had uh, we had an MMA veteran on the car. We had yes, Kira Matar there, a which legit was pretty cool. Fighter. She was she was having fun. We had a. Uh, I thought she did really really well. She did a good job. I mean. She's always been kind of a, uh, an entertainer, so she yeah. took right to it. Well, I mean, because I saw some of the stuff on her Instagram where she does, like, party hosting and other little stuff. But still, I mean, she's been in there legit fighting. So yeah. when me and John were talking about we were like, dude, does she know this is – this is you yeah. got to take it yeah, easy. Take it easy. Like, like, don't go in there and light this Don't girl. go in there and, like, literally just throw <laughs> down. And uh, But she she was perfect. She played the part uh, so well. I mean, the level of the girls that have been doing this um, – you actually now are having more that didn't just do like professional wrestling type of stuff. They're actually, you could see some that have done yeah. actual training and now we're getting girls that have done training, done the professional wrestling and actually done professional fights. Right. So the, the quality of the women that are starting to do this is getting better fantastic, and better. Yep. man. So yeah, the show last night and I thought the girls really stepped up. I yep. mean, we've seen enough of these shows that, you know, you could tell the times when, um, Maybe they just haven't worked out the routines before. Yeah, long somebody's a little really, bit lost. You know, they haven't really practiced yeah. things. I thought they, I thought they were just spot on last night. So I mean, that was a good one to show up for. I mean, you know, if there's a potential, and part of last night's show was to really showcase and and for potential investors and other ones, the potential what a show could look like at a place like that. Yeah, I thought they brought it. You know, I thought Solid. they brought it. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to hopefully a lot more events there. Uh, <laughs> Our monthly trip to Sapphire. Yeah, that would, be, uh, that would be nice. And that was the first time I walked in there, and I was just like, I didn't know what to expect. But, man, I was blown away by the place. Super, super nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to doing more shows. And then after all that, then we turned ourselves to this week's card, UFC Fight Night 219. Media Day was today, uh, as it is on uh, on Wednesdays. Uh Ultimate Fighter filming is starting to get underway there. Yes. We started to see some folks walking in we there. We did have a person come jump into the media uh, room we'll, afterwards. We'll, we'll let it be nameless. You know, <laughs> We wanted to be off record. He knew he wasn't supposed to be speaking to the media, but he did come say hello and check in <laughs> with the boys. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to that. But UFC Fight Night 219, um, media day today. And I think, you know, listen – and this happens every time. After the big pay-per-view card, you look at the next week's card and you're just yeah. like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm not it, – it's it's every time because those pay-per-view cards are just stacked so much. Yeah. So I think we came in today with like, okay, well, we'll see what we get. But honestly, I walked away from today 
I don't want to say if entertained is the right word, but I thought there were some really good interviews today, yeah. man. Some really um, kind of deep, like uh, emotional type stuff. And Josh Parisian. Josh Parisian, man. I, I, I want to encourage everybody, uh, if, when you get a second, to go check out uh, Josh Parisian's uh, video. Uh, you can even I'll even give a plug to the MMA Junkie YouTube page because I didn't <laughs> produce all the videos because I'm not going to produce every one of them. But, well, I was uh, going to plug it anyways, but I'm glad you did. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, look, it's been a year. I'm okay with it, right? <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get over it. Uh, but man, you know, so he went through um, he went through that situation last time, which to me, I mean, it basically at the time he posted, it kind of sounded like a panic attack, really, right? Yeah. Uh, that he said he woke up and heart palpitations and a sweat and felt light and, and that sort of thing. So anyway, he ended up pulling out of that fight with Chase Sherman. Uh, we'll come to find out that he went to a cardiologist and he does have a little bit of a um, you know, like a heart rhythm type issue that he was talking about, and he's been prescribed some medication for it that that addresses it. Um, But very, very emotional. And he was kind of apologetic, which I felt bad because he didn't need to be apologetic. I love to see that that type of emotion. Um, But he just said, you know, basically that – I think he said his his girlfriend was like a a lawyer or a doctor. Yeah, lawyer. A lawyer, lawyer. Uh, and makes all the money that they need. Uh, he, he doesn't need yeah, to financially contribute. Yeah, a very contribute. good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he said, you know, look, she handles everything. Like, But he just loves competing so much that, you know, he wants to do this. And he said that they had a discussion because I guess she hates it. You know, she hates what he's doing, which, which you get it, man. If you're around the sport for any time whatsoever and you get to know the families and stuff – uh, you know, the fighters, of course, they get a little bit nervous. Every fighter's a little bit nervous. But the families, it is torture to the families to watch their loved ones yeah. go in there and, and know Understandably, what they're yeah, yeah, and know what their body's going through and know and, and Josh was was talking about, man, you know, the family had basically decided that he was done, um and, and but then he just, you know, couldn't couldn't accept that. You know, he's like, I just love this so much. He's like, I get a sense of purpose. Um, I just love the sport and and uh and, and I decided I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. So I don't and know. It was, and deep. it was all while he was getting very emotional as yeah. well. He was almost to the point of tears. So while we've heard that same sort of sentiment, you know, from fighters before, but to actually you could, he was starting to like shake and quiver and you could hear the thickness in his oh. voice. I mean, so he was getting very emotional about it. And that was the first I've ever seen him like that, you yeah. know, and uh, we've seen other fighters do it. But I mean, when you hear things like that, I mean, there's nothing that makes it resonate and hit home when you're actually seeing him and he was even sort of kind of apologetic he was like i don't know what's going on right now he's yeah. like i don't normally do this he's like i don't know why i'm getting emotional thinking about this but you know well, he said it was the first time he kind of really talked about it openly yeah. right so it was yeah. and that's that's i love it when they they feel comfortable enough to like share that sort of stuff i mean that's part of why i mean honestly why i love some of those yes. fight weeks being there is just getting to see that thing after a while when you've done 50,000 interviews you know and that's probably what it's been uh you know, things, you know, it's easy for things to just kind of run by the, 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 the normal way. We're just like, okay, interview, okay, let me, Great let me put it camp. in this pocket here. Let me put I'm this in this, this, you know, folder over here and let's just go. But then when you start to see something, it's like, wait, you just really got to – just, you just lock in and you paid attention to it, you know, and it was hard to not get moved by the emotion that he was showing and what he went through. I think anybody, when you're you're faced with that thing that you love to do, and you know there's a potential for it to, to actually be done. We see that, we see that oftentimes where fighters don't know when to walk away. This is where the, the he thought the potential of the, the his dream, something that he's worked so hard for to to be done, and just didn't want to do it. But then facing that emotion and facing that fact, you know, I mean, who wouldn't be emotional yep. about that sort of thing? So it was really really cool. I mean, and to just feel that he was confident enough and comfortable in our room. 
uh, to do that sort of thing. You know, maybe if there was 100 people in there, maybe they don't share that shit. A lot of times we joke about, oh, well, there's only a few of us there. But I guarantee some of the shit that we get out of there sometimes is because of the fact that it is kind of small and quaint. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm talking to the same faces I see every time. It's not like a bunch of strangers in a room, you know, with 50,000 cameras, you right. know. Um, and there's something cool about that, you know. So as much as people a lot of times like, oh, no, it's another Apex show. There are some great facts that come out of the Apex show. I mean, you know, I know um, even some of my colleagues at Junkie are like, man, they want to see the show on the road all the time. I'm like, dude, I kind of like the home games. <laughs> unless, know, unless, right? unless they're just like, oh, you know, they want to get on the road. I, I can understand that. But I'm like. I don't know why people fault the the apex and want it to like go away. I like I like the home games. I do too. You know, just being able to drive down the street, we get the stuff that we need, and yep. then the day is over. You yep. know, it's not like having to leave your family, leave your home for a week on end. You know, I mean that's great and all, but you know, after so many years, you know, it's kind of nice to stay home. <laughs> I ain't complaining, man. I ain't complaining at all. So definitely a, a storyline worth following. And like I said, go check out that interview, man. You'll, you'll have a hard time not pulling for Josh Parisian, yeah. except for the fact that, and now I'm torn because I'm going to be pulling for Josh Parisian because I saw the man just bare his soul in front of us, except yeah. that he's fighting Jamal Pogues, who is a super entertaining guy yeah. and who also was fun today because – you remember when he won on the Contender Series, he came back and was and, and in his in his post fight interview with the UFC and with us was just dropping f bombs like crazy, you know. And, and uh, they were who else does that? They, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping f bombs like crazy. Uh, and then he kind of admitted the point that they told him, "Hey, can you can you chill out on that a little bit, especially on ESPN? You know, we'd prefer not to have quite so many." So today he came to his whole interview, and unbeknownst to anyone in there, I just decided to keep counting them all. <laughs> and when he got to the end of his scrum, I was like, "Hey." man only 11 f-bombs today like how do you feel about that you know just kind of jug off again which set him off so then he but what was funny is so then he delivers like a little like monologue for about three minutes talking about being real and it was cool like what yeah. are you saying about just, that was great look he was like look man i'm just who i am you know i'm trying to keep the language down but i am who i am and it's important in life that we're real that we're not all trying to be conor mcgregor that we're all trying to be ourselves and that's just who i am and he went but at that point, he fired off twelve more. So in yeah. the in the in the little time afterwards, in his final answer, he, he ripped off twelve f bombs. So I think it, it was kind of funny. Because I think at the end, I, I lost track because I was like, I, I, I was think like, I was up I to twenty three. I was like twenty five or twenty seven. Oh, maybe you got. Me. But then I was like, am I adding ones on there? Because I would count the time. Because then he would say like fuckers, and then he would say like you know fucking this or blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I remember just I was like joking. I was like, there's another one. I know. There's another I know. one. There's another one. It was funny. Yeah. But uh, no, that was great. And you're right. I mean, that was another really good one too. I mean, I did pick Parisian in my uh, staff picks, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you see, you see things like today, and and you just kind of like I was like, man, maybe I kind of forgot who his opponent really was, and then I was like, oh man, okay. But again, I might just chalk this up to see how they are on uh, weigh in on some of those ones. But I did lead Parisian, and I liked his story. I like his effort. I, now after seeing his heart and what it means to him, I'm like, he's willing to, to give it all out yep. there, you know, and I have no doubt. But after seeing his opponent too, I mean, his opponent, <laughs> it seemed like he's pretty willing to give everything in there as well. And it's the only heavyweight, unless I'm mistaken, it's the only, we got a couple light heavyweight fights. It's the, the only, only heavyweight, heavyweight fight on the card. Yeah, I mean, you got to love the big boys bringing on this card. And I, got, I think they got two guys that are going to be game to go out there and, and leave it all. So, but man, I, it's kind of, you're going to kind of be crushed for either guy. If one of them, if one of them gets done early and like in the first round, you're going to, I'm going to be crushed for whoever it is. But, I know. 
I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, first fight on the uh, main card, Jim Miller versus Alexander Hernandez. I thought both their interviews were good today as well. Jim yep. Miller, of course, the veteran, right? Yeah. Great but it's hair. so weird. Gr- oh, the hair is looking phenomenal right now. He's got this thing growing out. He says yeah, like a Patrick Swayze out, type thing like, he's looking for. Man. And he's like, man, I've had this great head of hair the whole time, but I've had a buzz cut. You know, he's like, come on, he's man. Like, I always got it under my farmer's hat, my trucker hat. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, hilarious. But so Jim Miller, Jim Miller, obviously the quintessential veteran. I mean, the, uh, I believe this is fight number 40 in the UFC. He's trying to get to 45. Um, but it's wild because, you know, he's been talking about that for a while, right? Obviously, yeah. he fought at UFC 100. Obviously, fought at UFC 200. And he's been saying it for a while, yeah. I want to get to UFC 300. <laughs> but what's wild is – We just is, had UFC 243. I mean, we just had 243 <laughs> a week ago, so still a long way. Yeah, but that that's what's weird is he's been talking about it so long that it still seemed like long way away. Yeah. Way off in the distance. Now it's about a year and a half it's away, so right? so close. And so he's like – he even said, he's like, well, I'd like to have this one, one more in the summer – you know, then one in the spring, and then 300, and he's like, I want 300 to be the last one. That's why I want to walk away. But it used to just be this thing that was, like, way out there, yeah. and how cool would it be on 100, 200? But now it's like, no, I, I know what date it is, and yep. it's, it's not that far away. It's, it's not that the, far. The end is near, and I know that Jim Miller isn't, you know, a legend of the game, a former champion of this and that, you know, a, a Fedor and Millionenko walking away, a Shogun Hua walking away. But it is absolutely like another, you know, closing of the era type yeah. thing when he walks away. He's been there for multiple eras. <laughs> True. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, and, and it's funny because I remember, yeah, it was like a couple years back. When I when the last time I remember we were just doing the numbers and we were like, you know, it's just a few years away. You keep this going, you know, it could happen. And it's just right around the corner to think that, you know, like what is what is it, five more fights or whatever? Like that's ridiculous. It's insane. It's ridiculous. They have to give up. I mean, like. And this is a guy that's in good favor with the UFC. All he has to do is keep his nose clean and keep fighting how he's doing and just don't get hurt. Yep. And that's going to happen. Oh, they'll put him it's on 300. Because Dana, no, Dana knows he wants to be on, and yeah. they'll put him on 300. And he's done He's done his work. He deserves it. You know. Here's here's a question for you. Now, by the way, so if you want, if you want to put it in perspective, the UFC debut for Jim Miller, October 18th, 2008. That's crazy. Almost 15 consecutive <laughs> years on the UFC roster. <laughs> UFC 89 was where he debuted, and that's that's unbelievable. What's funny, because when he was saying, like, oh, I'm going to go for my 45th, I was like, oh, it's just his 45th fight. 45th with the UFC. It's insane. This <laughs> is with the UFC. <laughs> He's got, like, a ton more outside of that. I was, like, doing the number. I was like, wait, no, his record's, like, 40 and, like, 20,000 or something. Unbelievable. Unreal, dude. So let me ask you a question. Let's say he fights five more times, walks away at UFC 300. Hall of Fame? I would like to see him in there. I think so, too. It's just tough because, I mean, everybody wants to see certain criteria or whatever. I mean, I just wish that they had, like, a wild card that they could be, like, uh, uh, I don't know, UFC president vote or commission vote, a fan vote or something. You know, I get it. The Pioneer Wing exists. I get it. You know, the modern era or the this fight of the whatever, blah, blah, blah. For guys that have never had um, – you know, a title or didn't have these crazy title reigns. There needs to be something. These Absolutely. fan favorite guys, you know. Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone. Like, Hall of Fame. You know. Hall of Fame. Definitely worthwhile. I mean, like, even if it's just like, fuck. Let, let him just say it's a fan vote and never actually take a fan vote. Just put him in. <laughs> you know, just find some reason to, like, be able to put these guys in. Because, you know, when sticklers are going to be like, well, you know, uh, the criteria really needs to change to have this. I mean, like, who doesn't love those both of these names that we just said. Absolutely. I mean, they're very beloved, but... Well, and those longevity records mean something. You know, I think about, like, I don't really follow baseball anymore, but let's say, like, you know, 3,000 hits was always, like, a yeah. big one for baseball, right? Like, if you get 3,000 hits, yeah. like, even if you're a lifelong, like, 270 hitter, like, right. you, you know what I mean? You never won a batting title. You never yeah. won whatever. 
but you still got 3,000 hits. Right. Like, you're but the they've never had anybody like that before in the UFC, but it right. makes sense, right, that they should have something like that because yeah. it makes sense in you're baseball. Getting, you're getting 35, 40 fights. In the, I mean, you walk to the octagon yeah. 40 times. Hall of Fame. You would think already. Yeah, you I mean, like I mean? 30 times. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Most guys only last – I mean, when you look at some of these people, they maybe – they maybe make it five times. Oh, yeah. To think that the dude's already like eight times that. It's ridiculous. Crazy, I mean, man. like, yeah, I mean, clearly um, has done the body of work. Whether or not, you know, you, you want to say, oh, well, he never rattled off ten in a row. He never did this, 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 this. You're right. I mean, longevity makes – definitely is one of those things that you got to give him his his due. And, uh, I mean, I think it, it would have to be a real, real sort of just – asshole to, to not want him in there unless you're just a stick clear or something but yeah longevity means something if it means something in baseball and the other things if you can keep your body able to do this sort of thing and there was a long time he was dealing with the Lyme disease and doing oh, all this yeah. other stuff and he was still fighting at the at a high level and to think that he was still able to do that like the guy deserves it you know but uh man now I'm sad thinking about like man, I know he is, he is I'm it, telling I mean, you. when he walks away that definitely is one last one because we don't see Diego's gone. Diego's finally made his exit. You right. know he's still trying to fight and do other things, but he's uh, Jim's. Uh, he's won the last of a uh, of a certain breed that you know just built different. It's an era, dude. Yeah, it's an era. All right, he's facing Alexander Hernandez. Who I thought Alexander Hernandez. I thought it was interesting, right? Because he's kind of been this guy that um, he's always just bravado, right? Like yeah. he's the, he's the alpha male and he's this, you know. Um, I thought it was kind of cool to hear him say, like, dude, I realize, man, I don't want long buildups anymore. Like, I just want kind of short notice. Like, get me in there because I overthink this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I put too much pressure on my stuff yeah. and I make too much out of the moment. And I just thought it was kind of cool to hear him admit that because up to this point, it just always felt like he he doesn't admit that there's any potential failure on his yeah. side. You know, and um, I don't know a little bit of a little bit of vulnerability. It's it's a it's a tough ask though. You know what I mean? Jim Miller. Is is a veteran. Um, Alex Hernandez is is a pretty sizable favorite here, but Jim Miller, bro, he's 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 a wily veteran, man. This is one of those fights that you think that you can you can tell that Jim's probably going to show up. I mean, like you can never count out Miller, right? I mean, and it's just, I think it's just the certain fighters bring it bring him up to that level, you know. Yep. And this is definitely one of those fighters that you know he's not going to be able to slouch, and he's not just going to be able to. Intimidated. He's not going to have a guy across the, you know, that's going to be across the cage. Like, oh, it's Jim Miller. You know, man, he's been doing this for so long. I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous. He's not going to get that with Alexander. And I think by seeing Alexander coming, trying to put it on him, that's going to bring Jim up as well and elevate his game. And um, I could definitely see Jim walking in with this. I think I picked Hernandez in my staff picks, um, just because I think he does have some power. He does have some speed. But man, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I have to go back. I wouldn't be surprised if I did take Miller in this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good to hear it. I mean, it's just good to hear that, uh, you know, he just, he, every guy has respect for Miller when they go there, you know, mm -hmm. it'd be pretty crazy if a guy showed up for a media day and was like, you know, what has this guy done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, uh, he's too old. What has he even done? You know? So it was nice to, you know, to hear some respect, uh, coming from Hernandez and, you know, he's not the first guy that said that they kind of liked the short notice fight, you know, less, less, you know, weighing on, they could just go in there, make sure that their weight's on point. You know, are they feeling fit? Can they make it through three rounds, you know, and uh, just take all that stress off it? So um, it's not a great business model to just sit around waiting for short notice fights. <laughs> you know, you kind of want to make sure you're planned and you're preparing, you're peaking at the right time. But uh, if this is the kind of thing that works out, and if it works out in its favor right there and you can take a short notice fight against Jim Miller and have your way, then, yeah, then I would maybe stick to that. Yep. But uh, 
Um, generally, I would think he would probably want to make sure that it's, he has a proper fight camp for guys, you know, especially at this level. Yep. Um, you want to make sure you're prepared. You know, whether you watch tape or not, you just want to make sure that you're peaking at the right time. Um, but a lot of these cats are always in the gym, you know. Uh, they're probably regular easy week is a high-intense week for us <laughs> normal folk, you know. So, uh, you know. Good, good if he likes the short notice fights, but uh, it just makes sense that you would really want to make sure that you're prepared and and have a proper camp. But, uh, you know, the mentality is seems to be as big as the physical side of things. So if that's, so what, much if that's so. what's helping you perform better because you have less stress and you're just like, dude, I don't even have to worry about this. I'm just I'm just showing up and I'm fighting. I get to do the fun yep. stuff. That's what everybody always says, right? The they're like the, the fight, fun part. They're like, the, the fight camp sucks. That's the part yep. they hate and the, and the fight's the actual fun part. So... I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the new the it, new way of things. <laughs> this game is such a psychological game, man. Yeah. And, and 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 I like when people talk about because there was a time when people really didn't like to talk about it. You know what yeah. I mean? But I, I love the fact they really do because it is such a a big part of the game. Uh, William Knight and Marcin Pragnio, the rescheduled fight. Now, here's what I took out of this. Now, William Knight admitted he had a rough year last year. He's like, I had a couple losses. He's like, I also had a couple losses in my family, and it was yeah. tough. You know what I mean? He's like, and anyway, I had to reschedule from November because my knee was hurt, and I saw some other people with some knee injuries, and it just seemed like a sign to me that I need to get out. So it seemed like he took some time off, and he was good to go. But what, what stood out to me in that one is that we asked Marcin, you know, like, hey, did you, like, want to keep this fight together or did you ask for somebody else and he was like oh they they asked me if i wanted somebody else and i was like nah i want this fight so yeah. i think Martine. it's interesting because i think the line is basically a pick em, but uh it made me feel like Martine loves this matchup i mean for you to go i mean it's not like he's it's not like he's number five and he was facing number three and he's like right. bro i'm gonna wait for number three because i'm trying to get myself a title shot like there's a whole lot of people that you could fight because yeah. they're not in the ranking so it doesn't really matter who you fight and for him to go like you know what man Nah, I'll sit around and wait a couple months. You no, know, I mean, I've been preparing. You know, why would I waste it on another guy? I just have to do all that preparing again, you know? Makes me think he loves this matchup. I mean, when you look at the size, uh, I mean, you know, granted, William is just a specimen, man. He's just a hulk of a dude. And what did he say he was benching up? like? Benching 455. And, 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 and by the way, not – Three sets of three? Three sets of three. Yeah, not a, that's not his max. That's yeah. his reps that he's Which doing. Which is just ridiculous. Insane. I mean, the only thing I can think about is just uh, Merchant's going to be coming in. He's taller. He's going to have a – I think he has a, a decent-sized reach advantage. I could be completely wrong. I mean, I'm sure he sees factors, and I think some people think that Knight um, tires out because he of has course. those big muscles. But right. I thought Knight did pretty good the last time we saw him, at least in controlling the energy and not completely gassing out early. Maybe he's on, in the mindset that he just has to be fitter on the day and, and use that distance. You know, maybe he sees something, and maybe he sees doubt. You know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting, but I didn't feel any uh, sort of like disrespect no, or slight out of no, it. No, but it was like you could just, it was just me reading between the lines yeah. a little bit. He's like, yeah. well, no, I didn't want to waste the matchup. You yeah. know, right? We'd already put in the work. So <laughs> we let's, already put in the work. Let's you stick know. around and have that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know? That's what I took out of that. He's uh, gonna, he'll regret if he gets a if he takes one of those big overhand rights. He's gonna be like, oh, oh, why? Why did I decide to do this? Should have November. Why did I do this? Believe it or not, Martin only has a one inch reach advantage there. Is that, that it? That shocks me as well. To be wow. honest with you, interesting. It really does shock. Because he's what six three something like that. Yeah, six three to five ten, but the reach is seventy three and seventy four. Interesting. So we've got some long ass arms. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right, Jordan Wright versus Zach Prauga. Uh, Zach, of course, moving down from heavyweight on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, believes light heavyweight is the proper home for him. Jordan Wright 
moving up to light heavyweight, uh, where he's happy to point out that he is undefeated in his career. Admitted uh, he just really is a, a natural light heavyweight, um, and, and, and trying to cut down to 185 was draining on him physically, draining on him mentally as well, uh, and believes he'll be much happier here at light heavyweight. Um, <laughs> Zach, meanwhile, Tilly said, takes a bunch of light heavyweight punches. Oh, I don't know. That's a big thing there. Uh, and then, uh, meanwhile, Zach said, look, you know, he didn't view the the ultimate fighter as a no lose situation. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I still got knocked out. You know, he's like, it sucks. So I'm, you know, I'm happy I'm still here, but I am still very disappointed. But uh, you know, not the most high profile of co-main events that we're having here, yeah. but one that I think does have some intrigue because you got one guy moving down, one guy moving up. Um, it's going to be real interesting to see the way each of them looks at weigh-ins, yeah. and then and then see how their their energy level is and that sort of thing when it plays out. Yeah, I remember it was really high on Zach for that that tough fight, or yeah, you know, but he was just going in against well, that was what against Usman, right? Right. You know, and that was just one of those things that I mean, I think it was just the universe wanted Usman to win. Like, yeah, right. Everything was going the Usman family way at that point, you know, so it just made sense that that happened. Uh, but I remember a lot of people really high. And if I can remember right, I thought the first round was pretty darn good. Was. Um, so and Zach was competitive. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. So it'd be interesting to see, you know. Uh, I think uh, he's a pretty heavy staff pick favorite. I remember a lot of people were picking Zach. I do like Jordan. I do like – I mean, he always shows up for fights, but I think that's one of the things that could be his downfall too. You kind of know what you're going to get from him. He never shies away from, you know, kind of ready to just meet in the middle and kind of throw down. And if you run into a guy with a lot of power, um, that could be a problem. But, you know, um, if Zach can't keep his head off the center line, you know, and Jordan saw what happened against that Usman fight, you know, he's, he sees the game plan right there, you know, and he's quick. Jordan's we'll got good speed, man. Yeah, we'll see if that – And he's got good power too. Yep. So, um, and if he really feels that this is his um, his proper weight and he's feeling good going in there, I mean – I wouldn't. I wouldn't write him off. I wouldn't write right off. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wouldn't. All right. It all leads to the main event, of course, Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield. I'm intrigued by this one, right? Because Aaron Blanchfield, you got the the ten and one, cold blooded, you know, 23 year old prospect that to is just all talk the rage. So much at the media day. Yes. He's just like it's just like Aaron, calm down. We can't get it all. Yeah. In. She's she's got to develop that personality to market herself <laughs> a little bit as she as she gets. Right now, it's very just matter of fact. Yeah. Right to the point. I mean. Not like she. It's not like she doesn't say anything. It's not like she's rude. She just. It's just yeah. very. Just brief, direct. She's just, here, fact. she's just there so she doesn't get fined. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So we'll see if that. But here's here's a big test in uh, for the former champion and Jessica yeah. Josh, who steps in on a week's notice. It's interesting because, um, you know, technically Tyler Santos, Tyler Santos, of course. Is a very t- difficult fight, a yeah. very tough opponent. Yeah. Gave Valentina Shevchenko everything she yeah. can handle, and technically. Tyler Santos is still ranked number one, so Jessica Andrade comes in here at number three. It's technically a step down in the rankings, and but it, to me, this feels like a much bigger opportunity. Now, I asked Erin about that today, and she kind of downplayed that and was like, yeah. well, I hear people say that, but I don't really see it that way. But, you know, and maybe that's just her from, you know, inside the bubble or whatever, like actual competitor, because I'm just telling you, for me, from the outside – I just think the general public perception if Aaron Blanchfield wins this fight will be much, much higher than if she had beat Tyler Santos because even though Tyler looked amazing against uh, Shevchenko, I, I just don't think that the public has like this huge reception for Tyler Santos. I think yeah. Jessica Andrade, 10 years on the roster, yeah. former champion. Former champ. This seems like a huge opportunity. Yeah, I think it's that former champ thing. I mean, we all saw when, you know, she practically murdered uh, Rose out there with oh. that big slam. And I think, you know, I'll always have that image in my head. 
But you're right. I mean, but Tyler, I mean, what she was able to go out there and do, and some people, I want to say, you know, were heavily saying that, hey, maybe the fight shouldn't have been ruled the way that it was, you know. So she really – close. You know, so to think that she had the potential of fighting, you know, someone that very well could have been a champ or at least on that champ level because she put Chevchenko really to that to that point, it has to just be that former champ, you know, title that's that's really giving a lot of credence to Andrade, and, you know, and her name. She's been in the 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 headlines for so long, yeah. and I think that's why she might, you know, uh, or m- people on the outside maybe think that this fight's even a l- little bit more important. But um, still, I mean, regardless of whether it was Tyler or whether it is uh, Andrade, it just shows that Aaron's at the top of uh, where she needs to be. She's fighting the people that are at the top of the division. So I mean. Good for her. Uh, I think she's a pretty decent favor. Um, well, now I think about it, I know I picked her. Uh, did I pick her? I think I did pick her. But I know uh, a decent other amount of people on the staff did pick her, but I did pick see Lancia. some Andrade's as well. So if you look at the lines right now, I was actually, as you were talking, I was trying to find because I don't know if I remembered seeing a line for Tyler Santos and Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, I don't remember um, seeing the line. But as I'm seeing it right now, uh, Aaron Blanchfield, a slight underdog at plus 115. Jessica Andrade, a slight favorite at minus 135. Which is, yeah. Which is, I think, about right. And yeah. it looks like, uh, oh, wow, yeah, it looks like uh, – yeah, people bet that down. So Blanchfield opened at plus 165 and bet down to plus 114. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets even closer. Yeah, I wouldn't fight either. Night. Um, okay, so here's here's it's 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 an interesting one, um, and, and I wonder kind of you said you ended up leaning. You weren't sure which way you leaned, right? Yeah, I'm gonna look at it. Because here's when I when I you know obviously the experience. First of all, it's crazy to me that Andrade is 31. She's been in the UFC for 10 years and she's 31. Um, but looking at it on paper. Uh, strikes landed per minute is 6.8 for Jessica Andrade, 5.7. You went Blanchfield? Yeah. 5.79 for, for Blanchfield. Uh, st- striking defense uh, is 61.5% for, for Blanchfield. Um, Andrade absorbs a lot more strikes per minute, 5.26 to 2.45. Takedown accuracy much higher for Blanchfield as well. So um, statistically, it seems like Aaron Blanchfield is the proper pick here. Uh, she does have a four-inch reach advantage as well, but I'm just having a hard time getting over that hump of you know of what Jessica does bring. She's to the just table. so strong. She's just so strong and powerful. I mean, yep. even if Aaron can get her down to the ground, I mean, she's gonna have a hard time holding her down there. But I think when you had to just put on paper like who's maybe the more well-rounded right now and fighting at a better level, it's gonna be Blanchfield. Yeah, she just got more weapons. But man, you can't take you can't ever count out Andrade. I mean, she's just so darn strong, man. Yep. Um, but man, I'm looking at my picks, man. I might have a bad night. I'm, I'm going to give you my picks, my, my main. I picked Blanchfield, Zach, Parisian, Procneo, and Hernandez. Alex could lose. Marcin could lose. Parisian, I, I can see where a lot of people You could go 5-0 and o or 0-5. Oh or 0-5. Oh <laughs> where are you standing, about? I hate I this fight card. <laughs> I know we're incredibly early I suck. on. I'm like halfway. I'm like uh, George is right now on top. Oh, well, that's not going to stay. I, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he says he's like, oh, now I've been really paying attention. I was like, bro, don't give me that shit. But he's riding high, so I'm happy for him. He's on the top. It's again. funny because for somebody, for somebody I, I think with George over see. the years, because, man, you know, you think about George. George is 16 and 5. Well, uh, readers are 13 and 8. I'm uh, 12 and 9. Okay, One, so you're not two, that far back. Four, five, six. I'm number six. Um, it's funny because George, like, obviously, he he likes to lay a wager or two. Um, yes. But I think that's why in our staff picks, in our staff picks, I'm not, not my staff picks. He should be a champion. If you if you gamble as much as this dude wagers, like, <laughs> but I think 
I think it's because over the years, like he likes playing dogs, right? Because when you're betting yeah. money, you're looking for plus money if you yeah. can find it, right? Yeah. When yeah. you're just picking picks, like you're you're honestly, I mean, you're honestly better off just going with the favorites most of the time, you know what yeah. I mean? Unless you just have a really good feel. So I think he. But then goes, you got to put in so much money hunting. to even get anything back, and then right. all it takes is one of those favorites to just. Screw well, that's, you. and that's what I'm saying. But when you're doing just staff picks, like it's it's almost yeah. easy to go favorites. So I, yeah. I think that's why because he he leans dogs over the year. Because you're right, he, I don't think he's ever even been like close to winning no but he's he's doing great this year i mean anytime like, cause well, the just, readers are always pretty pretty yeah, solid yeah. in how they're able to do it and so right now the readers are 13 and 8 so i'm close to the readers but yeah I'm, i think i usually start pretty pretty bad so the fact that i'm still sort of in the middle uh is is good for this year well, so just far. another 10 and a half months for george to hang on and like <laughs> <laughs> i know it's when it gets towards the end is the most stressful but man if i could if i I one I want to be the first back to back, so I need I would need to get it this year. But if I get Already the back to back, the first two times, and, and if I could get the third time, that's a mm, dynasty at that, that point. That would be a dynasty. That's a dynasty. I mean, I will say some already said that they, we entered the cold coffee dynasty, but I was like, no, fellas, don't 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 put that out there, <laughs> don't put that on me. But uh, if I find myself at the end of this year at the top. Uh, or close to it, then I will start talking shit. That would be pretty amazing. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. But, uh, yeah, no, this card is definitely one of those ones. I mean, but that's what's kind of fun. I guess that's the that's the fun of a night like this. You know, when you can literally look at the main card, whether they're, you know, maybe they're not guys that are going to be headlining a pay-per-view or something, but when you can easily say that, man, uh, these fights could go either way, that should be a fun night of fight. Yeah. So you're exactly right. I could go 5-0 and or I could literally be skunked for the whole night and now I'm looking at my picks and I'm like oh my god I think I'll, I'll, I'm gonna have to look again I'm, I'm way in day to see how people look and uh, just take the final gut reaction uh, because yeah after see, after hearing people talk about it and then after seeing the guys today I'm like because you know me I don't do much research <laughs> I He's like, well, saw them on Contender Series, pick. Yeah. He's like, well, mm -hmm, that pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me well, because I do. I put a lot of value in Contender Series, and I certainly put a lot of value in how good-looking they are, <laughs> because that's all very, very uh, technical when it comes to their skills. If they look good, they got to feel good, and if you feel good, you got to fight good, right? <laughs> Isn't that like what Muhammad Ali said? That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but this is one of those ones. So, yeah, I mean, as well as, you know, if anything, looking at a card like this, this is one of those cards that we always say, you know, it could be an incredible night. You know, it's the cards that people always overlook, that people look back and say, wow, why didn't I watch this one? I mean, so very much looking at the stories and look at the people in here. And I'm not just trying to sell you on the no, card or whatever. I, was, I, I, think this could be, I think this could be a good fight night. I, I agree. I agree. If at least the main card. I mean, I, of course, I have my mm -mm -mm pick and Lena Landsberg I'll love forever. <laughs> Uh, you know, she might go out there and get absolutely starched, and she probably will, but um, I well, still love her. That is the only <laughs> uh, ranked uh, opponents outside of the main event, by the way, Lena Landsberg, Myra Buena Silva. So if you're looking for ranked action, uh, so I thought that's kind of weird that you have two ranked opponents and it's on the prelims, but I don't know if that's maybe because they want the European to, to fight early how, in the night. How, how are you going to take off the, that main card for that fight? Well, I agree. That, uh. I mean, because I could see. I can, I can, I can see. I, well, I can say I could see even <laughs> taking the heavyweights off of it. But I'm like, uh, people like to see the heavyweights, and you want to see the heavyweights in the in, True. the in the prime action. But uh, I mean, look at that. OSP is like OSP third down. and Philippe Lens. Uh, OSP on the prelims. That's that's pretty wild because you talk yeah. about you know a veteran of the game. I mean, 25 UFC fights for Vince Saint Pru, and and you know he's third fight from the bottom. So that's saying something right there. Uh, 
that's saying a lot right there. <laughs> yeah, Philippe Lin's the, the favorite in that one. Uh, a couple of things I will say. Uh, Hussein Ashkaboff, uh comes to the UFC with a 23-0 and record. Uh, it's funny because I was walking around the PI actually the other day. Uh, my friend uh, Gokhanya Sidley was in town from Belgium, um, and he was having a meeting up there. And uh, so I, I went and, and picked him up so we could go have some dinner and uh, walked around the PI with him. And Hussein uh, was in the cage working out. And as I was just walking by, and he's like, hey, hey. I, like, walked over. I was like, what's up, man? He's like, 23-0. and 0. He was like, 24-0 and 0 on Saturday. I'll show you. I was like, oh, dude. I was like, that's that. awesome. I was like, yeah, man. Did I was you know like, who it was before? I didn't. As soon, I, until he said 23-0, I wasn't because I'd never, I'd never seen him in person yeah. before. Like, I knew that. As soon as he said 23-0, I was like, okay, cool. That's Hussein. Um, and then I did. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm kind of excited for your debut. Like, because he hasn't fought in a couple years. I'm like, where yeah. have you been? He's like, I had visa issues and stuff. So he actually speaks decent English. Um, but I thought it was so funny because I was just walking around. You know, we were taking a little tour or whatever because Gokhan hadn't seen the PI before. And he just shouted me out. And he was like, hey. Hey, 23-0. You know, I'll be 24-0 awesome. on Saturday. So I was like, all right, I like it. But that's an impressive record. Now, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. I don't care who you're beating. Uh, you know, So I'm, I'm interested by that one. Um, and then, of course, Coach is on there. Juan Camilo oh, Ronderos. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's facing a stud there. Uh, I know. And, and I'm so Carpenter, but, uh, I mean, I, I picked him. Uh, of course, I homered for him. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I want to – He's a he's a great person. He's a great coach. But man, I've been seeing a lot of the behind the scenes footage or stuff that Eric Nixick's been putting out in those guys. I mean, he's doing all the work. But man, he has a huge test in front of him. Yep. And again, you know, I mean, this is a kid that came off contender series and did some other stuff. I mean, like it's going to be a tough fight. But and he's starting the fight off the night off. You know, I'm hoping that's a good thing. You know, I'm hoping he's just going to have that great fun nervous energy. And wants to start the night off. You know, good. So I, I'm. I'm hoping good things, but man, I'm gonna be a wreck through that first fight. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll plug the uh, MMA Underground YouTube page. I did an interview with Juan Camillo. That's up there. It, it, go check it out. He is fired up and ready to go. Um, he, man, he, it's wild, man. He, you know, we talk about like people, you know, and their passion for the sport and that sort of thing. He's like, man, I walked away from like an eighty thousand dollar year job to do this. He's like, now nah. he's like, I'm about a month away from being evicted. He's like, I got to fight. He's like, but I love this shit. I'm doing exactly awesome. what I want. He's like, I could quit right now and go get a high paying office job and pay the bills. He's like, I'm a businessman. I know how to do things. He's like, I, he's like, I don't want that. He's like, I want this. Yeah. This is my dream. I'm chasing my passion. When people say that, it's like. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect that, right? Yeah. I mean, I know it's the same story for everybody on the card, right? They're all chasing their dream, but when somebody verbalizes it that way, man, it was it was like, uh, I don't know, man, like motivational speaker type stuff, That's it. Man. You know, and I think we often forget. I mean, maybe when we hear these stories, a lot of times we, we kind of forget that moment. You know, we just think, oh, these athletes have just been naturally talented. You know, it's just it's just it's meant to be that they're going to go in this. But a lot of times we forget that some sacrifice what would be a great normal life and other things to – to, to follow what some would say, you know, uh, oh, you're, you're going to do that hobby? You think you're going to make it? You know, what's the likelihood? Like, these people have done it. They've went and they've, they've given it all, you know, and they're willing to give it all. And here's another person that's pursuing that. There's something just you got you got to have a lot of respect for just somebody so willing and so determined to put everything on the line for their, their dreams. You know, yep. they're putting their, their livelihood on it and they're putting their actual life on the line yeah. as well, you know. I mean, so – Man, and uh, yeah, uh, well, I'm going to be a mess in that one. But I want to see good things. I mean, I know regardless of the outcome, I mean, he's going to have a future doing something in MMA. And I know he has little side hustles and stuff. 
Um, so yeah, I'm hoping you know, and this is nothing against Clayton. I mean, Clayton's a hell of a hell oh, of a kid. Yeah. He's coming in six and zero, but man, you spent a lot of time with Juan Camilo. Yeah, he actually, he actually said that, that that was the first time he had ever coached was coaching in the Train Alta program, yeah. and he was like, and I loved it. He was like, I yeah. really opened up my eyes to things I want to do. He's like, I, I really liked it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. When you figure most, I mean, you figure the knowledge these guys have, and that's what was interesting when we were talking to the guy that won't be named that came in the room that wasn't supposed to. We we know these guys are high level athletes, and they're able to push themselves. But, you know, how does that transition over when you try to take that step from being a fighter to actually being a coach? Mm-hmm. You have, you know, I think most of these fighters have that inner voice that tells them to do these certain things and drives them. And when that voice speaks to them, they can listen to it. And, and the, the message registers. But when you take those words and you try to say that to another person, what happens when that doesn't immediately register? How do you then convince this person to do the things that you see in your mind? Yep. And some fighters have a great knack for it. You know, some, you know, James Krause, as much as, you know, people want to say whatever was going right now, guy was a decent fighter. Yep. He was a good fighter, but he's a better coach yep. than he was a fighter. Yep. You know, we've seen that happen with other ones. Safe was a good fighter. Mm-hmm. He's a better coach. Yep. You know, so it's interesting. So uh, I love the passion to these other things. And, you know, uh, it's the logical thing to happen for these fighters. You know, if you're going to be a fighter and you're going to take yourself to that level, if you can be a coach, you certainly are going to keep yourself in the field a lot longer than those that just suck at talking to people. And if you can't fight, you maybe had a couple fights, then you're going to have to go get another job. You yep. know, so I hope that I hope the transition. You know, um, I just hope that he can have a successful career and have a successful career in coaching because he was great, man. He was. He was like a, a cheerleader and a good coach and was able to kind of do it, and he motivated a group of bunch of fucking fat, lazy people uh, to do great things, you know. So if you can do that, you know, I think he's I think he's going to be okay on the coaching side of That's things. That's funny. Well, we're so. looking forward to that. All right, that, we'll have full coverage of UFC two, Fight Night 219. Of course, we'll have the and-a-half episode over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. So if you want to help support the show for as little as $3 a month, you could do it right there and get exclusive access to those and-a-half episodes. If not, just rate us, review us, leave us some feedback if you can. We certainly would appreciate it. Uh, I know people don't like Power Slap very much, but I am interested to find out that their pay-per-view is on March 11th, which is the same date as there's a UFC well, fight maybe as well. You also paid attention to uh, the NSAC hearing today. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Uh, I didn't really talk much about it, but Power Slap was part of the discussion today. It was. It was actually pretty interesting to hear it because they're talking about changing the regulations and changing the rules and, and, and what introducing they, instant replay. Introducing instant replay, and they want like every slap to be reviewed because they want to make sure that Boy, it's not that, that would drag out a fight night. It will, it, but they want to make sure that you know obviously that they can do it quickly. But they just yeah. want to make sure that it's not being done illegally. He was really concerned with like the bone landing instead Whether of the, being a palm strike exactly instead of the meaty part of the hand um but uh but it was to hear uh anthony marnell he actually said uh you know and this is kind of a paraphrase but he's like i don't care if you guys like this stuff or not i need you to take it serious as serious as you would a 20 million dollar boxing match a 100 million dollar boxing match you know which i respect that to say look man yeah. you, may, you know maybe you don't dig this stuff but we are regulating it and we need to make sure that we are regulating it to the highest standard to the yeah. highest level so um, i thought that was i just thought that was an interesting quote to hear that like hey man maybe you guys don't like this but but we have chosen to regulate it so let's make sure we're regulating it the right way so i thought that was pretty cool to hear but yeah if you're going to uh, do it do it the right do way. Do it the right way. Don't just make money off That's of it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I'm interested to see. So I'm interested to see what the plans are for March 11th because you can't imagine. I know it's two different audiences and two different whatever. But you can't imagine they want to counter program themselves. It's just a fight night card, but still. Um, Interesting. So that's the one 
Uh, that's uh, if I remember, I believe that's Marab Devachuli and Peter Yan. That is at the Virgin Hotels, which that's why it was there. That's why it's at I the was Virgin like, Hotels. Why the heck is it at this location? But you know what's interesting? That's actually the, where the PFL is going to be too when they come to town in April for their shows. Is at the Virgin Hotels as well. So the Virgin is uh, is booking out some stuff, which used to be the joint, the Hard Rock, uh, the new joint. So there's been stuff there. Oh, for, okay. Yeah. I was going to look it up. I was like, I don't even the know. The theater version is. is the old joint at Hard Rock. Like yeah. It used to be the Hard Rock. So. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So we've gotcha. done shows there before. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, a lot, lot, of, lot of MMA Now that explains it. Well, I learned something. I wondered. Go. I meant to. I was like, why the hell is this random ass place It's funny up? because I thought the same thing too. And I assume maybe it's just because Virgin, like obviously they've changed over from the Hard Rock. And I'm like, maybe they're just actively pursuing yeah. getting stuff. I don't think it was. I think it's just because they need the Apex. They need the Apex. <laughs> Power slap. <laughs> That'll make some people happy. All right, listen. I got to. <laughs> We'll see how they lay it out. Uh, all right, I'm going to go run to uh, my kids' soccer practice. So uh, appreciate everybody uh, for supporting us as always. And, uh, yeah, glad to be back with yeah, yeah. with my man, Cole Coffee. We'll, we'll do it again next week. I'll have the and a half later this weekend. In the meantime, everybody have a great time. Thanks for listening.